0: And we're back, people. We are back. Your favorite, I'm never lying when I say this, your favorite sports podcast from the Airways, Rolling with Ramos is back. I happen to be the one that holds the last name Ramos. I would like to specifically thank my daddy for that one, Mike Ramos in heaven. 67 is never going to look so good on Saturday. I wish you were here. I miss you. Episode 107. I'm st- I can't say that. It's too damn long, <laughs> Tristan. Episode 107. And uh, we went back to the numbers game. But first, let me introduce the guy that helps me do all his things. Like I said last week, he keeps wanting to say it's you. It's I. It's I. No, it's always we in my book. Every time he posts online, he says we have a show. I'm touched. I'm a sap. Tristan, <laughs> we're back, baby. Episode yeah, 107. Ba- back
1: for another week. Definitely a lot to talk about. This weekend was crazy. Last night was crazy. The NBA is crazy. So 2021, they they ain't holding no punches for this year.
0: And our guest, our special guest for this evening. You know, Tristan, we've done it twice in a week. We've done it twice in two weeks back to back. We had one Detroit representative last week. And we Mm -hmm. had the great Jamil Hill on last week. That was a great show. And we follow it up again to the man that introduced me to deep-dish pizzas. I have to go back <laughs> and get that damn pizza. A problem. I finished mine, and I couldn't bring mine back on the plane in Detroit after that convention. I've been thinking about that for the past two years. I will make it back. Anyways, and the other guy who's just always been a good friend, always been a good guy to me, they make up the double team that makes up sports Q&A. My whisper singing brother Al Washington and my other brother Quinn Lowe. You guys That's are fun. rolling with Remos. It's not your first time. Not at all.
2: We feel and We feel at home. This is home. This is our second home. That's well, it.
0: literally. Literally. Right. right. <laughs> How's it going?
3: Man, Good. it's going well. I mean, unless you're a Detroit sports fan, but other than that, um, it's Going well, man. We're just watching, uh, watching folks do their thing, watching uh, COVID council stuff. We just we just floating around right now. We just, just
2: trying to maintain this. Is this is, everybody was hoping 2021 got off to a great start? I don't know when it when it looks when you look at it as sports, a lot of teams are trending in the wrong direction, and it's yeah. too early for that.
0: Yeah. Listen, in the words of the whole world, I think 2020 just came in and showed 2020, 2021 around and said, "Finish the job, because um, there's still a lot going on in this in this earth, but we'll finish it." We went back to the numbers game, Tristan. So episode 107. I think you guys will figure out who it goes to, because it's always dedicated to the seven. An American football executive and former quarterback who is the president of football operations for the Denver Broncos of the National Football League. Two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, NFL Most Valuable Player in 1987. He played college football at Stanford in his entire 16-year professional career with the Denver Broncos. At the time of his retirement in early 1999, he had recorded the most victories by a starting quarterback and statistically was the second most prolific passer in NFL history. He was also a prolific rusher of the ball, being one of only two players ever, to score a rushing touchdown in four different Super Bowls, the other being Thurman Thomas and the only quarterback to do so. I'm pretty sure you guys figured it out already. We will say this, though, because I'm not going to, and and, and this is is not tarnishing anything, but we're going to say this. Just because you was a good player, does that mean it's blockbuster, Blockbuster roll, your blockbuster roll up top is gonna be the best. That's right. I digress. Ooh. Episode one hundred and seven. Beat the truth. Not already? Okay. The John Elway
3: attention? Hey, smartest That's thing he did was to give up his position. <laughs> yeah. Saw <laughs> that yeah. the other day.
1: I'm saying, good job, John. <laughs> this is
0: ruthless Tuesday. Here we go. Speaking of ruthless. And we talked about this off the record, and I gave you guys a chance to talk about it and put your own words in it, cuss words, whatever you want to say about it. Now we got to talk about it on the record. Um, this guy, cause we start with the NBA first, just a little bit of the tidbit of the NBA, because we all know after this it all was college football and then the National Football League this whole weekend. So, but NBA, he never ceases to amaze us with the things that he does. The Earth is flat. Then again, who knows what he thinks? But Kyrie Irving's been missing in action in the last couple of games. Personal reasons. I, for one, until we got the news that came out, thought it was about COVID. And, and, and the Nets were just trying to cover it up. Come to find out, his personal reasons were actually personal. He was just enjoying himself. Um, <laughs> Kyrie Irving and what this does to the Nets. And, 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 and this, is this selfish? Quinn, you brought it up. This happens. Shot, I baby. mean this
2: is this is selfish especially when you're looking at it being twofold. One, you're taking away from your team. This is a team that everybody had as a as a top 3 favorite coming out of the East when he teamed up with KD, looking at, at some of the pieces that they had, that's one aspect. And then when you find out what he was doing, he was kicking it with his family in the club, celebrating birthdays maskless. So this then brings a whole different thing now that we're in this COVID culture of endangering your teammates, endangering the, 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 your opponents all across the board because you want to be reckless. And I think even if he wasn't, even if he took time out with, and didn't have the issues with COVID, people would be okay with it. But we've seen the problems. We've seen just how this society has struggled with following the rules, being okay with wearing your mask, social distancing and all this stuff and it's like okay this is a double whammy of ignorance coming from Kyrie at the same time
0: we already Tristan and then Al you can follow we're already and I don't know if this is appropriate to say we're already seeing the effects that COVID is going to have or is having on the NBA I don't want to say they're crumbling but it took Rudy Gobert one time to contract it and they shut everything down now they're watching other sports and we don't have this bubble and they're trying to do the same as, you know, we're just going to keep going. But one person you play back to back nights, that's three teams infected. With Kyrie doing this, one, is it selfish and what, and, and and talk about him personally. And two, what is this saying about how many guys are taking this whole COVID thing seriously in the NBA? Or is this going to get out of hand and is, and is Adam Silver really going to have to put his foot down and say, Hey, we might have to shut this down again well, we're going to have to shut y'all
1: down and make it a mandate. Well, listen. First off, I want to say it's extremely selfish of Kyrie. This is this is my thing, and I'm 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 not gonna I'm not gonna be long on it because I could really go into tangent about Kyrie. But I feel like he almost deserves his own episode specifically for him. <laughs> but here's my thing. I, and I and I broke this down to some people I talked to the other day. We are in a we are in a realm where we're loving what the athletes are doing as far as using their platform, using their voice to express about the social injustice and things that are going on in the country. We have taken that phrase of "shut up and dribble" that was that was uh, spewed it out to LeBron James and basically to all athletes, really, and we have flipped it into almost like a a a. a Rallying call for athletes to come together and say, We're going to speak up. We're not just going to be here in a position to entertain you. You're going to hear our thoughts, you're going to hear our, our, our opinions. But in this instance, you are paid a lot of money to play basketball. You are paid a lot of money because you are very gifted at basketball. Anyone that's ever watched you play cannot say that you suck. You are a beastly gifted point guard in the NBA. If your head is on straight, you're arguably in the top five of point guards in the NBA when your head's on right. All the teams, Cleveland, Boston, and Brooklyn, have given you the freedom to basically be your unique, eccentric self. They have not handcuffed you by any stretch to say, Kyrie, you can't do this. Kyrie, you can't do that. You left Cleveland because you no longer wanted to be Robin to the Batman. You wanted to be the guy. The thing that always irritates me about Kyrie and why I haven't given him the pass since Boston is that it wasn't like Boston shifted their entire roster. It was literally a plug out and plug in. So a team that was in the conference finals were basically rookies even though they were in their second year but basically babies and they took out Isaiah Thomas and then inserted you the, a champion you would have thought oh no question this was going to be no no-brainer they're in the finals watch out for Boston that didn't happen it actually was the complete opposite and you left them wanting you come to Brooklyn And you're like, I want to play for my home. I want to do, you know, I want to play for my city. I grew up a Nets fan, blah, 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 blah. I want to be close to my family. Okay, cool. We got you here, right? Not only did we bring you here, but then we also got you Kevin Durant. We're just going to wait for a year. Let Kevin Durant heal up. Y'all going to be back. Y'all going to be the duo. It's on the pocket. You made this whole spiel all summer talking about, oh, you finally got someone that you could trust with the ball in the hand to be the gamer to make the shot at the end trying to slight LeBron James and all that stuff, even though you ain't been the same since you parted from him. And now we're here in the regular season. Both of you guys are healthy. And now you, have a, you want to take personal days off. And now leaving Kyrie to take the boatload of the work. Him coming off of an Achilles injury. Direct. What I'm trying to figure out is if you feel this way, if your mind is feeling like you're beyond the media, you're beyond the NBA, you're beyond all that stuff, Bro, take a year off, bro. Take a year off. It's cool. Take a year off. Um, your talent and your age, someone is going to get you back. Or the, or Brooklyn will, will you know, will gladly wait for you. Get your mind right. Get yourself centered. Get your zen. You know, I've been watching Cobra Kai. Get your Mr. Miyagi on. Get, take care <laughs> of yourself, brother. Take care of yourself. And then come back ready to play basketball. Because we pay you too much. And I'm talking about business. We pay you too much money for you to be this. We pay you too much money for you to pick and choose when you want to play and when you don't want to play. We got a rookie coach in Steve Nash. We're trying to make sure all these pieces are, are put well together. We put Levert on the bench. We we accommodated for your comfort level. We just want you to play basketball. That's where we are. I don't want you to be the voice of the people. Uh, we got LeBron, we got all these other cats for that. I want you to play basketball. Because I promise you, as much as you dog LeBron, as much as you talk trash about LeBron, Kyrie, LeBron did the same things. He opened the school. He talked about all the social injustice. He tweets, he Instagrams. But guess what he also did, Kyrie? He won the Lakers a championship. He won the Lakers a championship. That's what we want to see from you. You could do everything you're doing on the outside, but do what you're paid to do as well. Play basketball. So at this point, I'm just me. I'm over them. I'm just over it because I don't. I feel like just take a year off, take a break. And I think the NBA needs a break from you. And that's how <laughs> I feel about Kyrie right now. Straight to the
3: point. Well, my, my thing is this, and I'm going to quote the, the famous Dennis Green. They are who we thought we they were. He <laughs> has shown the league, the fans, everything, a level of immaturity. He has a skill set. That's, that's never in question. No question he does not have the mindset of being a superstar. And I don't even think he ever wanted to be one. I just think he just didn't want to be in LeBron's shadow. Um, and there's a difference between being a superstar and being in somebody's shadow. I'll use an example professionally. I'm an assistant principal. I know everything that's going on, but I don't want the responsibility of being the principal at this point in time in my career. I'm comfortable with distributing, understanding, doing this, doing that, and whatever. He is confused on what he wants and his immaturity is not allowing him to sit down and have a counsel with a small group of people that he trusts professionally within his, his field to be able to figure this out. So he, what does he do? Immaturity? All right. What what, what do uh, high school or college players do? Oh, they go out and party the night before I've reading John Thompson's book. He was talking about the guys would, would drink, before the game, uh, before practice, and what he do at practice, he had beer in the cups for them to drink, mm-hmm. and they tried to fake it out like it was. You know what I'm saying? Things like that, like that's that immaturity. Like, <clears throat> it's not the age, it's not the game. Is it, to me, I equate it to a lack of love for the game. Mm-hmm. I'm highly skilled. I have used this skill to make millions upon millions, generational wealth for my families if I manage it right. right. But I'm not. I'm just not that into it. Because I know what I can do. I'm not being challenged. I already got a ship already. So now what am I playing for? Am I truly playing for my legacy? Because right now, am I really thinking that deep of my legacy? Like some players come in. LeBron start, came in day one thinking about my legacy. I want to be the greatest. Yeah. What does Kyrie want to be? We don't know. I don't think he knows. Put that truth right. detector uh, that serum on him and see if he knows. He doesn't know. And that's the problem when, you're, when people are investing millions and guys are moving cross country to try to pair up with you, and you come off aloof. So again, I'm almost like you: take it or leave it. Suspend them. Do what you got to. But you could almost cost the league and make them change everything. Hey, make them go back to the bubble. Hey, make it. Hey, if you get caught and you uh, we do the contact tracing, you off. Hey, you spend it for the season. You're gonna. I mean, you're gonna something extreme is gonna have to come from this when people are just not making the best decision for their organization. I mean, if you want to party, like you said, take the year off. Do what you do. Roll the dice with COVID. Hey, well, I wouldn't do that if I was you. But, hey, it's, it is what it is. But the guy is just immature or he comes off that way. Or he just doesn't care. That that could be it, too. It didn't be care. I, got, I got my ship. I got my money. What else are you going to say? At the end of the day, you're going to talk about I, I was a championship. I mean, I was a champion. I made millions, I was this, I can do this, blah, 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 and that was it. It all depends on what he wants, the the ending story, his little, uh, can can. because right now, you can write the story of the NBA without Kyrie. I mean, when you think about that championship, people don't really weigh what he did in that championship, which he carried them, in my opinion. They don't, at the end of the day, that's gone, because LeBron is going on and won a championship without him, so that's been diminished. But, hey, I mean, that brother, that's his legacy. It depends on what he wants it to be. And right now, it just seems
0: like he's cool with it. Only one time they thought about him. And that, and, and, that, and there was another guy that has been paid millions to shoot threes and missed it right in the front of him. Shout out to Daniel. <laughs> but, anyways, let's, 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 let's be the lesser of two evils when it comes to two people in the NBA, shall we? I'm very critical ultra critical so if you watch me you know me and James Harden don't get along I'm very critical of James Harden and the I don't even when it comes to him it's maturity but but I don't understand how you could be so prolific and so great and come from where you come from a guy that was I want to say the fourth option on the team because they wasn't even looking at you they were looking at Serge Ibaka so we look at that Oklahoma City team a guy that came from that to became his own guy you got your own nickname the beard And you spent eight seasons in a team. And it's everybody else's fault that it goes a disarray. But nobody looks at you. I I think that nobody pays attention and gives James Harden the star treatment that they give everybody else. Because everybody else gets trashed if nothing goes right. But we still let James Harden lose and choke and and, and, and Reggie Miller in game sixes and sevens of the Western Conference Finals. And is able to go party with a Kardashian the next day. And we talk about it for five minutes and then it's over. Everybody else is supposed to solve Houston's problems and nobody can solve them. Nobody wants to come and play with this guy, and again, he's running again because he doesn't want to deal with it. And we've seen him party, and he's playing victim about him going to play party, going to party in the COVID system. So when we look at him and we look at Kyrie Irving, the lesser of two evils, evils. Who can you not take, or can can you, can you not take both of them? I
2: That's think, tough. Yeah. All right,
3: I just I think. Get, go ahead. Go ahead you. Okay, so no, r- real quick, I think because there's been no stoppage of play through injury, major injury, or anything with Harden, and at the end of the day, I think people really don't expect anything from Harden but him to put up crazy numbers and bow out early. So that level of expectation is so low. Um it, 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 It's the same. <laughs> it's the same thing as uh, as Russ. The, the expectation became lower and lower, especially when he was here in Houston. It became lower and lower. Like, they're going to put up these points. They're going to win some games, but they're going to lose eventually. And that's it, bottom line. Whereas Kyrie, in people's eyes, should be trending upward. Harden is just about flatlining at his peak. Mm-hmm. So it's, they were like, it's only going to get worse. So people are really not putting the pressure on him because it's like he's never been on well, – where he's been on that team, but that team didn't stay together. But he's never been on that team where they really had a shot. They just had a shot because they were their regular season team. You know, they're hot. They'll upset folks. They'll put up big numbers, all this stuff. Well, when they come down and the X's and O's and executing under pressure, man, they choke city.
2: Yeah, the expectations never has been there for Harden to be a champion. We know he's going to be the dude that puts up the points but doesn't get it done when it really matters. So, like Al said, it's like, okay, we know Harden to be – at the top of the scoring, the the leaderboard, but he'll never be the guy that we can depend on when it comes to playoffs. I mean, and it's like playoff P. Um, It's just certain players don't carry that cachet or that that responsibility. And like Al said, they were hoping that Kyrie, based on what he did in that series in Cleveland, was going to take that next step in Boston because we figured, oh, Let's see what he does with his own team or with him being Batman because he wanted to be Batman for so long. Whereas has we ever seen Harden decide, oh, I want to be Batman on a championship team. I want to be Batman while I'm I want to be kid on, on a lower level. Just, I, I don't want to be that guy on the championship team. And Kyrie was supposed to be that in Boston. He was suppo- he, he's supposed to be that he, in Brooklyn. And we're not seeing it because we're distracted by
1: unnecessary things off the court. I agree. I mean, and then when it's not the off, when it's not the, off the court stuff, he's injured. So it's just kind of yep. like we don't know what to make of him. And quite honestly, we've already seen what he looks like as Batman because Cleveland Cavaliers were in the lottery each year. Yeah. I mean, so it's not like we didn't see it. We saw it. We know what it looked like, you know. I mean, you know, albeit yeah, he was young, but, I mean, at the same token, you're you are, you're the point guard. You're, you're like – you're the quarterback for the NBA. Like, you have the ball in your hand. You make the decisions. So, I'm just looking at it as he's so talented of a player. And I think that's really what frustrates me is that when you see someone that is so gifted like that as an athlete, and instead of trying to maximize their ability on the court and off the court, you just wanna be like super woke, like you on super hotep time and everybody else is like not at your level, your mental, spiritual, whatever you wanna call it, like, you know, Erica Badu level type thing. Like no one else is there. Everyone else is just, is, is, is here and you're up here. The world is flat. All y'all are like in the matrix. Y'all don't know what y'all talking about. Like that's how I feel. when Kyrie pucks. and it's just like, bro, we just want you to play basketball, bro. We we enjoy watching you play, and the teams that you're that you are on enjoy watching you play for them. So it's just it's just frustrating. And like I said, I'm, at, I'm I feel bad for Steve Nash. I feel bad for the Brooklyn Nets. I feel bad for KD because we're just we're so distracted with what Kyrie's going on people ain't even really paying attention to what's going on on the court because every even watching the games the commentary is about Kyrie Irving it's just yep. it's it doesn't make any sense and it's so early in the season it makes no sense this is a time where they should be putting their foots on teams next get some cushion so down the line if you know if guys want to take a day off here and there then it can happen but I don't, I don't know it just this seems like a wash i had them in the eastern conference finals Cause I thought you just had them two together with the bench that they got. I just, I just expected so much more out of this.
0: Well, you know, it's, it was a looking like it was going to be a, 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 a up up and coming season. I mean, one thing about Kyra, Kyrie Irving, I, I actually enjoyed some of the things that he was saying with the social injustice and giving people something to think yeah. about. And then he, you got so much to say, even about COVID and black, black p- families' numbers, and you got all this to say, and look at what you're doing. I was, I was, I was with him with the sage on, on the basketball court. All <laughs> of this don't matter, and all this doesn't matter unless you're playing well. And watching him play is actually magic, but we won't get a chance to see that. But we will get a chance to see, and we're going to move on, because we're going to talk about something all you guys have in common. You love some college football. So you got that yesterday. Cost football championship, Alabama versus Ohio State roll. Ohio State. They rolled Low to state. another one. Ty Rose 18th national championship behind record offensive explosion. Nick Saban, seventh national title. That is a record. 52 to 24 was the score. Woohoo. The departures of multiple stars put the spotlight on an offense that had plenty to replace. But quarterback Matt Jones, running back Najee Harris, and especially Heisman Trophy winner, winning wide receiver Devontae Smith, more than answered the call as they led one of the best offenses in Alabama history and showed out for the biggest game of the year with 621 yards of total offense. Their 52 points are the most ever scored by Alabama in a national title game and most in Crimson Tide Bowl games since 1953. Smith was nearly unstoppable, pulling in 12 catches. And on his first 13 targets, 215 yards and three touchdowns before leaving the game with a, hard, with a hand injury, excuse me. Jones got banged up a little bit, but still finished with 464 yards and five touchdowns or 36 to 45 passing. That was a lot of statistics. The Kings of college football, guys, they've been crowned. Nick Saban. Alabama, is this the best team in college football history?
1: I can't put them over
0: Miami. I can't put them
1: over Miami. Yeah, that Miami that team O-one, was still. That old one Miami Hurricanes team, I can't, I can't do that. That defense was so <laughs> yeah.
2: dominant. And then when you look at the number of running backs that they had on that roster that went to the NFL and did right. something we were I, stars. Yeah, I think <laughs> offensively, it might be a little bit closer because you look at what Ken Dorsey versus Mac, Jun- versus Mac Jones, but everywhere else, you still got it. offensive yeah. line, defensive yeah. line, corners, linebackers. You still have to give that edge to Miami because, truthfully, this was not your typical Alabama defense. They yeah, played right. well last night, but they still had moments where I mean, if you go back to the old Miss game, if you go back to the floor, mm-hmm. the SEC championship game, where they gave up a lot of points, they just found a a way of neutralizing Je- Justin Fields, and they also benefited from the running back tr- uh, Sermons going down with the, uh, I guess a, a broken mm-hmm. collar go- mm-hmm. collarbone in the first play. So I think every it was a perfect storm for Alabama's offense because um, that side of the ball. It just seemed like everything was clicking, everything just went right, but I still hesitate on calling them even one of the best Alabama teams ever, let alone the right. best team in college football history.
3: Yeah, so they just, I mean, they just had the best offensive output. Um, the game, so I, I kind of have moved past the game and kind of, trying to get into the mindset of like what this is for college football. Like if we go back just a year at LSU mm-hmm. and that magical season they had, they had all the right players, everything else, and they magically got the right quarterback at the right time. Mm-hmm. Handle Alabama everything else. Mm-hmm. Ohio, I mean Alabama comes back reloaded. Mm-hmm. Guys came back. The top offensive lineman came back. Guys came back like, no, we're not going out like that. And the one thing that it was, like, the other Alabama teams, some of the other Alabama teams, um, defense was their strong suit, running back and and defense. But ever since uh, Tua came in the game, the evolution of their offense has been astronomical. Mm -hmm. Like, outright scary. Mm -hmm. And Watching this, I I don't know if it's good or bad for for college football, because you have five-star guys that are willing to wait three years to shine. Nowhere else in the country are are you getting five-star guys waiting three years, which means they get one year, which means you're not worried about injuries, wear and tear, all that. You get the best. So mind yeah. you, all uh, all these receivers, they just they lose, they don't lose top two. They use the waddle, they lose the smell. They use it. They may lose somebody else. It's gonna be some unknown people, person, or people that's gonna just step up into that area.
1: Yeah,
3: I mean, you made Jones look like John Elway.
1: Yeah,
3: yeah. It look like I mean, like in the dude is a statue in the pocket, and you yeah. made this guy look like like you playing Madden on the the rookies of the, the rookie. Races. Right. And it, to me, it's like, I mean, it makes people step their game up um, across the country. You're getting it. But just the way that you just reload and get these guys and get buy-in and rotate coordinators, let the year in and year out. I mean, it is. It's, it's diabolical. And yeah. for some reason, in my older age, I am gaining an appreciation for situations where I used to hate. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
3: I can appreciate A. Ron, even though he beats on my team. I appreciate Nick Saban for what he is because what he's done is he's created an NFL franchise in in, in college he football. football. He manages it like that. Now, he couldn't manage his own team when he was an NFL coach, but I think he used that knowledge of that failure to motivate him and what he's doing. And, I mean, it's scary. I mean, you really are going to be looking at Alabama and whoever – until Saban decides to hang it up. Yeah. And it still may not be that big of a drop off, depending on yeah. who's that coach. So it's like the game, like, Ohio State could only play with them so long. They had to play a perfect game the entire game to even come close to winning on the last play of the game. And when that didn't happen, the gap just exploded between the teams. And that's, it's, it's talent level, it's coaching. Uh, I mean, it's everything that you want and look for, that co- other coaches talk about that they have and, and or they're building towards that that's what you saw last night i yeah. mean i mean i i couldn't even really root for ohio state losing because it was just like a surgeon <laughs> just uh let me cut around this piece right here if i ah, look <laughs> perfect i mean that's exactly what it was he was doing exactly whatever they wanted to do how they wanted to do it when they wanted to do it and could have done more yeah cuz that drive before the uh in in a regular season game he wouldn't have pointed that ball back to
1: Ohio State. Yeah. yeah. And I think I think what people don't realize, and you said it, you said it perfectly, they're just so loaded. I think people forgot that Devontae Smith was the freshman receiver that caught the pass from Tua that won him the national title. Mm-hmm. Like I think they were loaded for years. It was just like, because I remember the chatter. I remember the chatter around 18 and 19. They were like, they were seeing the way Alabama was losing some games, and they were just like, Oh, is this is this the end of the era for Nick Saban in Alabama? And it was just like, No, just wait on it. Just, yep, just wait on right. it. It's, it's, it's coming, it's coming, don't worry. And I don't know, I don't know what you can do with that because they, they constantly retool. Like, I know people are like, Oh, well, Clemson will be back. They like the freshman. I can't. I'm not even gonna try and pronounce his last name. DJ. Just call him DJ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna. Try, I'm not even gonna try. But um, you know he and and he showed he showed a lot of promise and he, and, and I'm sure he's gonna be pretty good. But I think, like you said, uh, Alan, I think until Nick Saban say he's done, you always gotta just pencil in Alabama. You just you just got to. I I don't know. I don't know what he said. I don't know what he says to the parents in that in their homes. I don't know what his recruits be saying to him, but they. Everybody wants to go to Alabama because they know they're going to, to have to walk a chance to in the room. Do this, yeah, and that, that's probably what he does. He walks Do in the room. He's like, "Hey, you want to see my rings?" Right. You want to see my rings? Like that's probably what he does. You know. So it, you know they know there's a, at least a ninety percent chance that they're going to win a national championship before they leave yeah. Alabama. So and, and speaking of
2: that, there's a stat that said every recruiting class under him has at Alabama has won a national championship. Wow. So that is a selling piece that you can't compete against. And it's funny that Al mentioned the talent gap between Alabama and Ohio State. Ohio State isn't a slouch. They're right there number two, number three in recruiting. So for see, to see them have such struggles and have to deal with the inability of keeping up with their talent really speaks to how big of a gap there is between Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson recently, and everybody else. It's yeah. that's what those are the three teams that, that are constantly going to be there, and then it's a fourth team that whether it's Notre Dame, Oregon, uh, mm-hmm. whoever that pops up in there occasionally, another SEC right. team. So, it's, yeah. it's there has, and it's like that's the thing we and that's my fear now is even if Saban steps down, now you have Ryan Day in Ohio in Columbus recruiting and developing talent at a higher level than what uh, Urban Meyer was doing. So maybe he steps into that that next phase and it makes it even more difficult for everybody else to compete. So mm-hmm. the biggest hope I'm thinking is Sark who showed his butt last night. Everybody was wondering why Texas went with this guy who had these, these histories, these demons. He called the hell of a game last night. He did. And now, if, if I'm a Texas fan, I'm living in right. Dallas right now. If I'm a long course fan right now, I have to be Excited to see what that offense can do with the with the talent in Texas. If you keep the talent in Texas, how that offense and how that team looks. If he can keep everything going mentally and emotionally, because he's 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 a talented coach. It's just everything else, like we we're talking about with Kyrie. Everything else was problematic. Not the the ability to do your job. It was just the drinking, the inability to focus. Mm-hmm. That's what hurt him more so than anything else. Mm-hmm.
0: Can I um take it take it to another collegiate level for right now? Because you guys brought up something that sparked my interest a little bit. We, if we're talking about Nick Saban and his ability, to just they have a meme online. You know that meme. You know that picture of Michael Jordan just sitting there holding his ring on his finger like this. That's that. They have a picture of Nick Saban doing that now. The internet is defeatless, dog. They have a picture of Nick Saban doing that. And if we're saying he could just walk in the room and say, "Play for me." What does that do in HBCU land in Jackson State? We talking about Dion because at some point it's just saying play for me.
2: Truthfully, and this, I don't want to seem anti-HBCU because I support him. I love them, but there I, I, is. So a, I
0: just, I just wanted to see if there was the same.
2: It's not there yet. You ha- there's a there's going to be a long journey for Dion at Jackson State and HBCUs as a whole because they have so many obstacles that they have to overcome that have nothing to do with planning, that have nothing to do with talent on the field, until alumni decide that they want to cash out and decide, oh, it doesn't matter what how much it costs, I'm going to write this check. And it may not be one person writing that check like it is at Oklahoma State with T. Boone Pickens or Ross in Michigan. It, you need to have the commitment to athletics go to the next level at HBCU. Not the band, not the, the yard. The commitment to athletics has to be taken serious to say, OK, we're going to if we have to do a fund to say, OK, all this money is going to revamping our, our athletic department and, and just give, give, give. Even if you didn't go to that school, give, give, give. And that's going to be the thing that first starts to change it. And then you have to compete where you are. Before you can compete with Alabama, you need to beat North Dakota State uh, James Madison for FCS, FCS top talent. They can't, they're not even getting the best players in FCS to pick HBCU. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how can you say, Oh, I want, they should be competing for Alabama, Texas, Ohio state. No, that's here. That's hundreds of degrees higher than what they ever can conceive right now until they can say, Oh, we get, we have the best players in the FCS and we're winning. We're contending for playoff spots and championships on that level. Then And only then would it be attractive to the true five stars, the true four stars, not guys that couldn't qualify. So they had to reshuffle things. So I think that's the thing that are getting people, people are being misguided by. They see these four star Juco's and these four star guys picking Jackson State. But was that his first choice? Now, and a lot of times it's not because, oh, he may not have the grades to get in Georgia. He might not have the grades to get to this certain school. So then they resort to that. HBCUs deserve to be the first choice. HBCUs need to be that pretty girl that everybody wants first, not the girl that's sitting on the sidelines. You're like, okay, I guess I'll dance with you because nobody else is here. <laughs> you're right.
3: <Woo>! Yeah. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, so the one thing I just want to add is I think that the success will come and it'll add the lure, not on the gridiron, but on the, on the hardcore where well, you've seen some four- or five-star guys commit, if you see them, well, you know, if we have a tournament, uh, if we see them, you know, advance, get some upsets and things of that nature, then I think you will see the turnover. But at the end of the day, it's the, like Quinn said, it's the money that has to go there. It's the support. You will do that, but you have to dominate where you are. You can't be Dion and get these guys and not win the swap. You know, that's, that's, that, that, that's not going to help. I mean, you have some former NFL players. You got Ty Wheatley at Morgan State. You got other guys uh, who are coaching. But the thing is, is that they really need to kind of join together uh, the different conferences and come up with a game plan instead of some are exiting to try to go to greener pastures uh, with some, uh, you know, uh, non-HBCU conferences. So that makes makes us, right. That makes us weaker too, but that, as a university and athletic department, it helps them, but it doesn't help mm-hmm. the whole. But at some point, you got to look out for yourself as well. So I understand that aspect as well. So it's a process, uh, but I think this is a good testing lab with Dion. I don't know how long it's going to last because you want want it to be a landing spot and people it to be a destination of where people want to go instead of a flash in the pan and Dion uh, using it for the catapult somewhere else or you know it being a fad that, you know, hey, we didn't win the first
0: year, everybody uh, at Boats, so we'll see. Tristan, you have anything to add or can I move on?
1: Nah, nah, they they said it perfectly. We can go ahead and move on. Can't add nothing to that.
0: We're still in this year in the NFL, but mm-hmm. we already got somebody that's not going to come with us, back with us next year. As of the news on Monday, the Eagles say goodbye to Doug Peterson. Ending a Doug part e. <laughs> <laughs> ending a ending a partnership that resulted and delivered their first and only Super Bowl in the city's history. Peterson was expected to remain as coach despite a 4-11-1 finish this season. But multiple meetings with team owner Jeffrey Lurie over the past week left the boss unconvinced that Peterson had a second vision for how to address the numerous issues facing the team, sources said, from navigating the Carson Wentz situation. I, I, My opinion, I I think it's over, but who am I to say? Carson Wentz situation to fixing Mm -hmm. an offense that finished 26th in scoring 20.9 points per game and 28th in passing yards, 207.9 yards per game in 2020. What do we make of this news? Where does he coach again? Who coaches the Eagles? What makes it an Eagles? So many questions. Do we have any answers? Fellas, I don't care who takes it first.
1: Go ahead, Quinn. I, I saw you use it. Go ahead. First of all, <laughs> I, I can see the desire
2: to, to move from Peterson, but what you're not going to do is fire Doug Peterson and interview Adam Gase. What? Yes. They did that today. What you're not going to do is fire a Super Bowl-winning coach and interview this, dude. Interview this.
0: That's Adam Gates' new name. This. This
2: this goes back to when people – this is where when people have issues with professional sports hiring retreads and just recycling these coaches, he is about to be the poster boy for the NFL because there is no way. I can see, okay, maybe after the Miami situation, but if you can see what you saw, what happened in New York and think this guy is worthy this soon of an NFL head coaching job, Jeffrey Lurie needs to be examined. Because this is and this is why so many people of color, black folks, I'm gonna call it what it is, have issues with the Rooney rule, have issues with what they're seeing with the coaching process. Cause even now they're and this will maybe come up later on, the issue what they're starting to find and nitpick with Eric B. So it's like, okay, you're willing to give this clown who ruined two quarterbacks. We saw what Tannehill did once he went to Tennessee. We're, Miami, we, we, we're having questions about uh, Sam Darnold, and a lot of people think Darnold still has the talent. It's Gates. So you're going to put your young quarterback, Jalen Hurts, in the hands of this fool?
0: For them to say another thing
1: about a black quarterback who can't make it happen. Right. Because that will be the next thing. It's just (laughs) – here's my thing with the whole situation. Why are people not going up in arms about Howie Roseman? That's my – I'm really trying to figure that out. When you look at the, the Eagles from the Super Bowl run, I, I, I told people, I said, this was by far the luckiest playoff run I've ever seen. So many things had to go correctly. So many things had to go correctly. The fact, and then, and then to cap it off in the Super Bowl, the fact that for whatever reason, Bill Belichick found it in his sweet, sweetheart to have Malcolm Butler sitting on the sidelines for the entire game is beyond me. Beyond me. So when I say everything had to go well for the Eagles, it did in that in that season. And then from that from that point on, Howie Roseman on how he tried to get people, uh, the 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 free agent signings he tried to do, the misses in the draft that he's had, you know, it's just I didn't understand how it all came down to Doug Peterson. And I'm not absolving Doug Peterson. For his mistakes. He definitely made mistakes this year. But to just kind of have Howie Roseman have a pass, it seems like, is is beyond me. And when I heard when I when I saw the notification come on my phone that they tried to interview Adam Gates, I almost crashed my car. I was on the way home. I just couldn't <laughs> believe I couldn't believe what I saw. Like you can ask Mikel like for all those that are watching this, everybody, like all year I have been. Campaigning for Adam. And all to get fired. For the I have impeachment
0: been, of Adam. Gacy. I mean, I have
1: been on this hill. I've been on this hill harder than Pelosi was about Donald Trump. I have been <laughs> on this thing hard, and I just couldn't understand how you, you see the destruction he had for Ryan Tannehill in Miami. Then you see the destruction he had for for all people that want to say about Todd Bowles as a head coach. He had that team competing. It was respectable. It might have not always guaranteed a winning season and all that, but it was a respectable competition. And to see Adam Gates take that same thing and dismantle it in, in a few years is crazy to the point that you have people talking about Sam Donald being a bust. And I'm like, how? What are y'all watching? Like, I, I, I don't understand how, how uh, Jeffrey Lloyd could even fathom the idea of Adam Gates being uh, considered for the head coaching position. And now to, to talk about in regards to with black coaches, y'all understand that the Texans have now requested an interview for Eric Bieniemy. It took Deshaun Watson and two of your best receivers in your franchise history to get your attention enough to request an interview for Eric Bieniemy. Because when, when Andre Johnson went off and then you got DeAndre Hopkins, come right after to endorse what Andre Johnson says it, it makes everybody on notice about your franchise your are you your two greatest players in your team's history are saying that you're trash as an organization yeah. like that is that is one of the most damning things that could happen to you because I mean you know borderline hall of fame credentials for Andre Johnson We'll see how DeAndre Hopkins' career continues, but these are that caliber of players that are telling you that your franchise is dysfunctional and that your franchise quarterback needs to stand his ground of how he feels. And it, it, it says it says a whole lot. And I'm I don't understand how you have a guy that has run arguably the best offense for the past three years, won a Super Bowl, his quarterback is the MVP. And everybody that's a part of that organization, look what they did for Alex Smith when he was there. Like, let's not even talk about these recent couple years. And he's not even considered to get a head coaching position. He's not considered for an interview. Or you interview him just for the sake of the Rooney rule so you can gain the benefits. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy to me. But for the Eagles, I look at them how I look at the – remember how the Houston Rockets just paid all the money to try to get everybody and try to make it work? This was like the worst-case scenario on the football side. You paid all this money to older players to get one crack at it, and you got your crack. But then you just said, oh, we can just keep going with this. Players got old. Their bodies couldn't hold up. You put bad contracts on. You gave Carson Wentz an enormous number before he needed to have it, so you couldn't even get anybody. Because I don't even know what they're going to do next year. They're capped. Is mm-hmm. is jacked? I think the only one that's worse, I think, is the Saints. Like, their cap is completely jacked, so I don't know what they're going to do as far as next year is concerned. And they still have to keep Carson, so that's oh, why it's the, the most unwanted coaching position in NFL yep. right now. Yep. And this is, is the second time fun. Philly has
2: done this. We remember the, the dream team, Ooh, yes, awesome, why, and all those guys, yes, and yeah. it was a nightmare. So, Philly, like you said, Roseman. Should have been on the chopping block long before Peterson. So
1: yes,
3: all I'm gonna say is Peterson was a scapegoat. Yeah, yes. He, the, the The organization up top. This is my theory. I'm gonna stick to the organization. Basically, made him pull Justin Hertz in the fourth quarter for the draft position, and he felt some kind of way about it. And at the end of the day, you feel some type of way. He wants to get rid of Carson. You can't get rid of Carson, so we're going to get rid of you. And we're yep. going to find a coach that's going to be willing and, and at least say in the interview, yeah, this is my quarterback. I can do this, 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 and this, man. That's it, man. I, and listen, I'm not even going to start talking about the ring Rule because the next thing you're going to start hearing African drums in the back and it's going <laughs> to be crazy because that that whole process pissed me off. I hope the enemy gets the job, even if it's not in Detroit. I hope all these guys, these minorities, get these jobs and these opportunities. Uh, with the large percentage of the league that is African American, but who knows? Uh, the retrans is uh, something that won't die, like uh, baby's kids. Yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it mo- this dumbass rule multiplies too. We can add right. that too. We talking about right. baby's kids? <laughs> right.
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Wild card Saturday, gentlemen. Woo! Let's go down the line, shall we? The Colts beat the Bills, no, excuse me, the Bills beat the Colts, 27-24, the first playoff game win in 25 years for the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, 26-35, 324 yards, two touchdowns. Stefan Diggs, the great man that he is, he has nine targets, six receptions, 428 yards, one touchdown. Philip Rivers, 27-46, to 309 yards, two touchdowns. Is this the last time we see Philip Rivers in a uniform? Unfortunately, no.
2: <laughs> he gotta take care of all these kids. <laughs> he,
3: he, 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 before, he, he, he got them to that point that they had an opportunity to win the game. They're gonna bring him back instead of getting a quarterback with an arm that can take him to that next level. Um just let that man ride on to the sunset. Sunset. Let him go and say, hey, we're gonna check and see what's out there. If nobody really feeling we'll bring you back. But they know they'll be able to find somebody. But so,
2: here's the crazy thing about it they have a $17 million quarterback on the bench and just couldn't right. be So that's the, it's, it's, <laughs> uh, this is where the mindset of NFL executives, GMs is baffling because you, you paid that guy all that money mm-hmm. to turn around and bring in an aging vet and not even give Brissette opportunity, a legitimate opportunity to win the game. I mean, when the starting job. So now yeah. what are you going to do? If you walk away from uh rivers now, I seriously thought they are going to give him the shot. So, now they're going to either draft another quarterback and make Brissette the, the gap quarterback, which is going to be a mess. So, now it's like, okay, he wasted a couple years in Indianapolis where he could have been a starting quarterback back in New England, which I, I guarantee they would welcome him back. With <laughs> but, open arms. But they they may trade for him. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy just to see – How Indianapolis and and this goes back to the decision making of Frank Reich, and a lot of people were questioning that. That simple plays, this is what separates the good coaches from the great coaches. When everything is on the line, can you make that play? Can you make that decision to say, okay, go here instead of going here? And that's how the NFL is a series of plays that decides the games. It may not, it's a lot of times it's not a big grandiose thing. You notice it's it's that going for it. That bad play call on third and four, that that in that mis that miscatch or something like that decides these games, especially in the playoffs. And unfortunately for the Colts fans, Wright made the wrong decisions. Yep.
0: Going down the timeline. This whole time, I'm thinking watching this game because it could have either went either way. I'm thinking, oh, the Seahawks playing possum as normal. They're going to come back and win this one. I saw that interception. I said, yeah, this might be a long night for Russell Wilson. Anyways, the Rams beat the Seahawks 30-20. to Rams get better of the division rival. Jared Goff, 19-19, 155 yards, one touchdown. Russell Wilson, 11-27, 174 yards, two touchdowns. He did throw a pick.
1: Let me Let me say this. I love Russell Wilson. Yeah, I'm going to start with there. I love Russell Wilson. I love his whole family. I think it's great. I like watching them on social media. The question now that I have, can Russell Wilson win a Super Bowl without the Legion of Boom? That's where we are. Mm -hmm. That's where we are. Because as great as he's been, and he's been great, and he's done amazing things, we haven't seen him touch, sniff a Super Bowl since then. Well, we haven't seen it. Well, and you know, was, we
0: always say he needs to be everything on that
1: team to, for them to win. The yeah, but but back then, that was the, like you said, that was the issue that Legion of Boom had back then, was that the organization and P. Carroll all was like, this is Russell's team. And they were like, wait a minute. We're the ones that's cracking on these guys. We're the ones that's making these other offenses being scared to do what they do with us. Y'all saw what we did to Peyton Manning. This, this is us. So now we're here. We're at the place now. We're like, you gave the keys to Russ? Can he do it without the Legion of Boom? And I'm not blaming it all on him. I think they're another team that did poorly with drafting. I, I, I you know, they 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 lucked up with DK. They lucked up with that because he should have been gone. Um, you know, they're lucky Tyler Lockett worked out, but you really haven't given him anything. We said we needed a tight end. Well, I said we, but they said they needed a tight end and they went and got Greg Olson. Love Greg Olson. That that wasn't the right thing. You should have gotten a younger guy that would have been a little more healthy. You know what I'm saying? That offensive line is one t- one ply toilet paper. Okay. So it's just, you haven't, done the things to make his life easy. So now, like I said, the, the questions are going to be asked now. Was it more Legion of Boom and Beast mode, or can Russell put the team on his back and get there? That's that's really where we are right now, because it's like, you're you're too good to be one and done against a team that started with their backup, you knocked out the backup, and then Jared Goff come in and has it pins in his team. Yeah. Aaron Donald... Came out the game. I mean, there was really no, there was no excuse for you to lose that game. There was really no excuse for you to lose it.
3: So I can speak for this. I love Russ. He was my quarterback in fantasy football. Uh-oh. And
1: <laughs> he was
3: a first half uh MVP, and yeah, he then was. he dissipated because the offense is just hodgepodge. He has to do too much. He takes too mm-hmm. many hits. Uh, mm-hmm. In this issue. I don't know if y'all saw, but they fired the O.C. today. Yep. So now yep. he may get an opportunity because if Pete Carroll is smart, you're going to find somebody that's going to do the same thing they did in Baltimore is cater the offense to your quarterback. Look at your weapons that you have. This is what we're going to be able to do. We're going to rush, use his elusive, but not let him take the hits. We're going to find ways to get the ball out, get it out quick, whatever the case may be. Uh, midway through the season, I thought Uh, dang on, see uh, the Seahawks were gonna win the NFC. Yeah, I did too. They were just a totally different team. It was just they had had to be perfect because they had to overcome all these things because the offense was just so stagnant at times. And you know, you can't really gamble as much if you don't have the legal, uh, I mean, the Legion of Boom on the defensive side, you can't gamble as much defensively. And offensively, it puts too much pressure. And you know, you got two decent running backs. You got two good wide receivers. You got a good quarterback. So what's the issue? It's the interior. So, I mean, I hope that he gets the opportunity. They definitely need to improve on both sides of the ball. But I think the new coordinator, if they're smart, go with somebody that's innovative, that's going to make teams game plan for their offensive coordinator because it's so dynamic
2: from week to week. Yep. Yep. And Here's the issue. When they were winning – Russell was on his rookie quarter, his rookie contract. So it was easy to kind of allocate funds and allocate money to the defense, Bobby Wagner, Legion of Boom, all this stuff. When Russell gets his money, and this is what happens with a lot of teams in their quarterback position, it's, it draws resources from other positions. Now I can't pay this top guy, so he, he has to go. He's going to get his money. So I lose a linebacker, I lose corners, I lose safeties. Cause those are the guys that are usually the ones that leave the first, the quickest. And now I'm, I'm stuck with a hot, like Al's been saying, the hodgepodge of talent on the other side, because I had to pay my quarterback. And it's, it's a tough dilemma that you're faced with across the league. Cause every team is going to deal with it. And if you notice the teams that have recently been able to get things done, they're getting it done with the young quarterback before <laughs> he has to get paid. I mean, Baltimore is going to be key. If they're going to win the super bowl, they better do it before Lamar get his money you're
1: you're because
2: definitely. now you're going to have to change some things around i mm-hmm. mean it's aaron he got his money in green bay and they haven't been the same it's just it's it's a thing that you have to realize and understand that it's a quarterback league but it takes every other position on that team for you to win and obviously Seattle didn't recognize and realize what was going to happen, or they didn't. They thought they oh, Russell can still get us through this. And now it's backfiring.
0: Yeah. It's backfiring, and you see the dynamics of the team changing. You also see those defensive guys. I mean, you looking at the Legion of Boom um, with the exception of Cam Chancellor. Cam Chancellor just had something that just took him out. And we and we're we're robbed of the career of Cam Chancellor because we feel like if that neck injury could have been a little bit different, or if it would have been another injury, we would have been able to see Cam Chancellor. Oh, yeah. But who I knows
1: absolutely. how he gave the full
0: middle finger? I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, go ahead.
0: No, I'm saying we saw Michael Thomas giving the full finger to this team. And we saw how old your boy Sherman is and what he's what he's doing in San Francisco. It was time for him to leave. So we see on both ends, they needed each other, but that team in its own sense, the window, the window that they had is the window they needed. Because obviously it couldn't stay like that for
1: close quick. Right. Close quick. Just and run the ball, ball, man. Run the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I You're will never that? forgive him for that. I um, never, never. If I ever, if God, if God ever puts me in front of this man's face, I'm like, hey man, second down on the two. What's up? Okay. Happened, I just want to know what you were thinking, bro. I just, I just want to know. Give me peace in that. Just tell me what you were thinking. I'm about ah, to
0: man. give you. I'm, you want peace, I'm about to give you hell with three with three questions you can't probably answer. Okay. Beast mode on the on the goal line. Which one's worse for you? Beach mode? beast mode on the goal line. Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Because you talk about that like we, we see this Jamaican turn red every time we talk about that. <laughs> Or last but not least, last but not least, Adam
1: Gates still having a job. And number four, not, I, I forgot. I'm no, no, serious. I got
0: one more, baby. No, 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 I got one more. Mess up your head a little bit.
1: Who's be- Who wears number three better? Well, you know I'm not answering that question. I'm not, <laughs> answering, I'm not answering that question. I plead the fifth on that one. But the mother three, I I can't. You know, I Can you think you rank them. I, I could probably rank them. I think for me, I got to put the Pete Carroll one number one because that just, it cost them a championship. Like, it literally, you do it, they win. Like, that's literally, you know, we don't see Tom Brady jump in and sound like an eight year old schoolgirl on the sideline. Like, that's, we, mm-hmm. th- it literally would have ended the game. So, that's number one. Um, Adam Gates being fired has to be number two because he's just, He's ruined careers. Like he, he really has ruined, he's ruined careers. So that that definitely has to be number two. And then and then uh uh the Durant's number three. And the only reason why Durant is number three is because he eventually moved on from Golden State. But man, when he made that decision, I ain't never been. I ain't never been so disappointed in a superstar day in my life. I just. I, nowhere
0: else for you, you could have gone
1: anywhere. You're telling me the red.
0: We're not going to do this till you answer my question. Who wears number three better? Next show, I better have that damn question. You can't. I'm not letting you cop out again. You have coped <laughs> out for three years. I'm not letting you cop out
1: again. I can't choose. I can't choose on my last one.
0: Speaking of our last game on what happened to be Saturday on Sunday night football, man, I, I, woo, I was there, baby. We had a shot, and then it went we to the shot. last touchdown. We had a shot. Chase Young, you did your thing, my mumble sauce eating brother. T hizzle baby. <laughs> T hizzle baby. Anyway, almost like baby. for <laughs> T
1: hizzle <laughs> <T-hizzle>. almost. T <laughs> T-Hizzle.
0: Shout out to that pylon. I needed you, big boy. Anyways, Tampa Bay, 31-23, Washington football team. Brady outduels Heineke. Taylor Heineke, 26-44, one touchdown, one interception. He rushed for a touchdown. Tom Brady, 22 43, 381 yards, two touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, 19 attempts, 93 yards, one touchdown. So much experience, so much more on the other side. We hung in there for a long time, though. I'll give it to him
1: it was just it was just overwhelming when you watch you watch the offensive personnel for uh the buccaneers it was just overwhelming I, I you know you you i i don't have a complaint you couldn't ask more of that roster of washington you couldn't ask for more of what they did it was just too much too much like you said too much experience too much talent on that offensive side of the ball it just I, I don't have no complaints at all. They they did the best they could. I can honestly say I watched it from the beginning to the end. And I honestly say they did the best they could. It's just it's too much. It was too much.
3: They, they did. So I just want to know: Do y'all have y'all quarterback? Now? No. Do we ever have our damn
1: quarterback? I'm just saying. So no. <laughs> you, you're not. You're not. A, you're not on Team Heineke. I, I was on Team
0: Heineke on Saturday. I was winning am Not going this year. Not going forward. I'm just Alex it. Smith can check it down all he wants I, and we can get one more piece to this defense. And I, I honestly,
1: in my heart of hearts, I, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, I want Alex Smith to retire. I just I'm so nervous about that leg. I just want him to yeah. he what he did, he, awesome. But I just want him to retire. Um Heineke is a gamer, but one of the things I actually I actually remembered Heineke. From from years ago, the thing, the knock on him, it wasn't his game; it was his build. I don't yeah. know if he can handle that. I don't know if he can handle sixteen games. I don't know, so I wouldn't put that. I want he them could to handle it almost the
0: end of this one.
1: I, exactly, i I would give him. I would give him a contract to be to compete. Mm-hmm. If you want to compete, I would even give him a contract to be potentially the backup. I would give him that, but I still think we need to. Either kick the tires and see what some of these free agent quarterbacks look like, or draft the quarterback in, in in um in the draft, and you know bring back Kyle Allen since Kyle Allen's familiar with that offense. Bring back Kyle Allen, let him be the gap starter, and you know build someone up if you want to go that route. I can't, Man. I can't. See, I can keep being V guy. Man, that that offense is
3: ready. I mean, if y'all want to make a trade, uh, I can act as the GM of the Lions, and we can work something out.
1: <laughs> and listen, I'm not a. Hey, I'm cool with Matt Stafford. I, I'm trying to free. I'm trying to free Matt Stafford. I'm trying to free Deshaun Watson. All of them need to be free. <laughs> I will say this. I will say <laughs> this. I um we're talking
0: about free agency, and and I was having a conversation the other day, and we're talking about offense in DC. I'm perfectly fine with every I mean, walking into the season, and there's always I ain't I ain't seen a heard from Dan Snyder since September. That's the way you want it. Just sign yes. a check, brother. Get Just the heck out of the way. Mm-hmm. I ain't heard from him since but all that controversy coming in the year because of him. Then it was then it was something else. Uh, then Ron Rivera and what he's been able to do in triumphing over cancer, right. Alex Smith, mm-hmm. Chase Young being the best thing we've had in that secondary since Sean Taylor and what that offensive shout out to Payne for always bring the pain. I love him. Um the rest um, for the Washington football team, what they've been able to do, the name change for seven and nine in the division of Hooville. So um <laughs> basically what they were able to do. And sum up, I ain't mad at it. I'm glad at the season that has had in it for once in a long time. It looks promising. But we were talking about, me and someone else was talking about free agency, something D.C. does a lot. And we're seeing it in D.C. now because Russell Westbrook, nobody knew where the hell he could fit in or go before they turned around and said he was going to go to D.C. And the only thing that made sense in D.C. is the fact that he knew the
1: coach. EI, Cam Newton, inserting him into this. Hey, I've, I've, been, I've been hearing that. I just, let me tell you about Cam Newton for me. The la- was it this last game that he played against the Jets? No, it was the game before that. It was the week before. I saw one throw he did and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he made one throw to uh, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry was coming, was doing a, a, a cross in the middle. And he threw a duck. It was no more than maybe 12, 15 yards. And it was a complete duck. And Nikhil Harry was wide open, could have could have caught it, ran with it. And I was just like, uh-uh, that ain't it. I don't want that in Washington. I can't, I I can't stomach that for 16 games. You're gonna give me like one game of brilliance, and then the next game, you're gonna look like my niece throwing the football. Like I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. I love Cam Newton. I love Cam Newton, but I can't, I can't imagine for that being on the team. But who I would want, honestly, is Sam Darnold. I really believe in Sam Darnold's ability. I think his ability with our system would work wonders. And I, I, I think he's really got a bad rap there in, um, with the Jets. And I, I really think, yeah, I just, I just really, I really think he would do wonders. But you know, if Matt Stafford want to come to, come to DC, you know, we we'll, you know, me and Mikael, we'll take him the bench chili bowl. Take, the, take the family. We, you know, we good, we good. You find know, find him some mumble sauce. Hook
0: him up with some go go. We got him. Hey, we got him. We got him. Quinn, question: Tom Brady, the goat, the year. This is it. Where do we put his performance last game? What do we say about Tampa Bay? I think
2: just good enough to get the job done. Um, It wasn't spectacular, but, I mean, he's a 40-plus-year-old quarterback. I think considering how well – that, how good that defense is in in D.C., because I think that was what I was worried about going into that game, and I kept telling people, this game is going to be a lot closer than what it was, and it turned out to be that way because Washington's defense is a lot better than everybody – that's not watching them directly understand that front four, that talent. It's like, okay, now we have something to build upon. And I, I knew mm-hmm. that was going to be an issue for Tampa. And it just, some, it's something about that team where they get clunky in games where they're supposed mm-hmm. to win and they can get up for the bigger games. Well, mine is new Orleans. And it's going to be interesting to see how they handle that Next, this, this week. week yeah. But just, any other game that they're not supposed to win, they get up for, but those games that they're, oh, this is a game the Bucks are favorite. I mean, outside of what they did to my Lions. But generally they struggle and they they fight and they claw. And it's like, why is this game closer than what it should be? And where mm-hmm. is it that they're losing that that edge? Because Brady is still getting the back the passes to the best trio in the NFL as far as receivers. And that I, I guess that defense isn't what we thought it was as far as supposed to be dominant considering you have jpp this Sean, uh bear shack bear all those guys up front and it's like okay what what is going to keep this team from winning the super bowl because i i'm not completely sold on them
1: well so i got some cool. oh go ahead i actually have a i have a quick theory on that so remember when we watched them last year and mm-hmm. we kept saying man if they could get a quarterback with this defense it's going to be scary yep i honestly think their mentality was we got Tom Brady. And I think their intensity, just looking at them when they played, I think their intensity came down a bit because they were like, we got Tom Brady. I I really feel like they played with less urgency mm-hmm. on the defensive side of the ball because they were like, we got Tom Brady. Like, Tom Brady's going to make all this work, so we don't have to play up to that kind of caliber. It's the same thing with Denver when they had the no-fly zone because they had Tim Tebow as a starting quarterback, they played at this crazy level because you knew Tim Tebow was probably only going to get you like 10 to 14 points a game. You know what I'm saying? So I just really think because Tom Brady was there, they just kind of got a little comfortable. Like I really, I I honestly believe that's what happened with them. Damn goat.
0: Anyways. (laughs) Al, I got something for you for you to bring out the drums, okay? If we're going right. to ride this culture flag, and going to wave it. All get right. your drums ready, okay? Because on Sunday, you can't call him winless anymore. He is a playoff-winning quarterback in the National Football League. Stop telling these black men what he can't do. You said he was a wide receiver. He showed you what something else. You said he can win in the playoffs. Guess what he showed you? And if he gets over this hump on, Sunday, on next week, oh, it's going to get – the Ravens may be the most dangerous team in the playoffs. Anyways, Ravens 20, Titans 13, Lamar Jackson no more winless in the playoffs. Beat them wrong, baby. Jackson 17, (laughs) 24, 179 yards. He did not throw a touchdown. He he called his pick a dumbass pick, so he blamed it on himself. (laughs) On the ground, 16 attempts, 136 yards, one touchdown. Ryan Tannehill, 18 to 26, 126 yards, one touchdown, one interception. If you were looking for Derrick Henry, he was not there this time. 40 yards, 18 attempts. He couldn't get in the end zone if I gave him a chance to get him in the end zone. And, you know, a lot of people watched this game and they said, "Oh," and, and I'm going to let you guys go on this after fact. A lot of people watched it in this game and said it was a great defensive play. In my head, that's Ravens football, winning the game like that. Go. So, um,
3: Lamar did his thing as doing whatever necessary to win the game. Yep. Um, you know, not going to talk about, you know, it's going to be a time where he's going to have to be accurate and make it happen in the clutch two minute. Uh, but he was able to play his game uh, and do it in a atypical style because they were down 10, which normally that's reverse. Ravens used to get up and then they maintain that. And then, you know, play here, play there. They did that. Um, there was a uh, – I don't know what happened, but the uh, – Titans were setting the edge. They had King shadowing uh, Lamar. They had things in play, but what happened on that touchdown play, you saw all the magic that Lamar has ever been and why he is the most dangerous quarterback in the league because they had him dead to rights. He cut against the grain, poor, the poor safety, took the wrong angle, and he was gone. Um, And the thing is, is that's the dangerous piece. That's what Mahomes is through the air that Lamar is on the ground, is that at any point in time, this guy can just big play city and change the whole aspect of the game. Uh, I love he took ownership for what it was. It was a good game. It was a greater defensive game. It was bad play calling by uh, Vrabel. Um, Ran uh, Henry, who was my – my running back in fantasy as well. But ran has got 12 times <laughs> on first down. 12 times on first down. Again, 12 times on first down. And then you put yourself in a situation, and now you're second and long, and now they can just pin their ears back, and that's what they did. So they made the adjustment, but Lamar did his thing. He led his team to victory. And that's what leaders do. That's what winners do. He has to find a way. He didn't give up when they were down. He didn't give up when he threw that horrible pick. He elevated his team, put them on the back, and they won the game. And that's what you want your quarterbacks to do. It doesn't matter if you got one-yard passing or a thousand-yard passing in the game. If you don't win, you yeah. don't win. But he got the W, and that's what matters. And I'm glad that it'll at least, for one week, take the, that negative light that was on him about not winning. I said, for one week, Um we got to go one week at a time. It's the playoffs, baby. Okay. So uh, I appreciate it, and I'm glad that he's playing that way because, uh, to me, he's even though he's MVP and Madden thing, he's still, in my opinion, one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in the league. Yep.
2: Yep. I mean, not much else to say. I think the Ravens' defense showed how good they can be by shutting down Henry, and it's like now you figure, okay, what else can they can't they do? And it's going to be an interesting matchup now to see how that defense goes up against a Buffalo team that is surprisingly better than what everybody's expected. You got mm-hmm. uh, Josh Allen, who everybody was ready to to cast off as a bust those first two seasons. I saw uh, stats where his first two years in the NFL it was like 52% completion percentage, 58 Now he's up to 69%. You rarely see quarterbacks and this has always been a knock on guys and going from college to the NFL if you don't if you're not that accurate in college chances are you're not going to be that accurate in the NFL but they found what they needed to do as far as within that system Brian Daybo's system to get him to play to his strengths and this work and it's similar to what uh what's going on in Baltimore play to the guy's strength don't try to recreate the wheel do what he does best offensively and then Let things sort out that way. And they've been able to – I mean, and it helps that you have someone as talented as um, the receiver from – I can't think of his name – from Diggs out there catching any and everything. And I think that's the one thing that uh, Baltimore is hoping Hollywood will become, and he still hasn't gotten there. But at least now they have some other things that they can work on. And it's going to be a good game. I think that's going to be the game of the, uh, the weekend.
1: think i think uh greg roman needs to take notes from gable because even though you play to the strengths of what your qb can do you can see that they've slowly tried to expand Mm -hmm. josh allen's game i still think greg roman keeps lamar in this box and and you gotta change things up like even even this even this past weekend like the formations that he did, some of the calls he made is predictable. We are anticipating you to run this system. That whole um, that whole two two tight end, one wide receiver, one um, one back formation can't keep it can't keep working. And then everybody knows what you're doing. If you try to shift your running back, or you try to shift your tight end into a zone reposition, it's one of three things that's going to take place. It's either uh, you're running a jet sweep. You're um, allowing Lamar to make the decision if he's going to take the ball over the middle or if Lamar's going to run it. And a couple of those third and shorts, fourth and shorts, you try to give it to Lamar, but it was so predictable. Greg Roman has to expand, and that was one thing I give Gable a lot of um, props for over there in Buffalo is that he has expanded Josh Allen's game to do more, um, and that's what's going to make Buffalo be very dangerous. I'm, I'm excited to watch this game. Uh this weekend for sure. The Saints using your word that you just use of more. They
0: did a little bit more than the Bears. <laughs> they beat them 21 <laughs> to 9. They pull away. I'm not surprised. Drew Brees, 28 39, 265 yards, two touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, 23 attempts, 99 yards, one touchdown. Mitchell Trubisky, your name is gonna be in the news a lot, brother. Because they try to figure out what to do with you. Anyways, Mr. Trubisky, 19 to 29, 199 yards, one touchdown. And let us remember as we look at Deshaun Watson that he's waving to him. And we're also going to look at um, Patrick Mahomes. This is the guy that was drafted before them.
1: <laughs> Fire everybody. Everyone should be fired. Like, I- you not only pass up on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, but you traded up. That's you it. it up. That's <laughs> the kicker. The
2: <laughs> That's like, always been that kicker. Like you you went from three to two to who are you competing with to yeah, I mean, get this guy?
1: <laughs> and like, I remember <laughs> I remember that draft. I remember people talking about Deshaun because everyone just assumed. Deshaun Watson was going to get drafted by Chicago. Like people were like, "What kind of what kind of pea coat does Deshaun need to have when it get cold?" Like that's that's what everybody was talking about because everyone just assumed he was going to get drafted by Chicago. And so when they traded up, they were like, "Oh, maybe they must have heard something." So Chicago want to make sure they get him and pick Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, <laughs> you you got to fire everyone, everyone that was involved, everybody that was in the draft room at that night, all of y'all <laughs> need to be fired. All of you. If the owner was in there, he needs to recuse himself. Sell the team. All y'all gotta go. Is that, I mean, if they if they don't land on another QB at any point in time within these next... How old Deshaun? Within the next 10 years, uh-huh. if y'all don't land on a quarterback, this is going to be a moment in y'all history that will never be forgotten. Ever. Yep. Ever. Ever. I could not. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And and with Mitchell Trubisky, everyone talked about the physical tools and what he can do coming from North Carolina, but he was coming from North Carolina. And he did it one year. One year. We watched Deshaun in his entire college career be this guy. It was no fluke. It was no one-year wonder, and then he kind of went to the back burner. No. Like, I would like, today, I still would choose Deshaun Watson over Trevor Lawrence as my Clemson quarterback. Today. That's how great he was. Mm -hmm. And a proven commodity. And you don't – you want to take a a project over a proven commodity? In Chicago? Right. Who hasn't seen a quarterback since Jim McMahon? Wow. I mean, I don't know what to say. We're going to see what they do with him this offseason. I I don't – I don't know. I don't know what to say. And then they doubled down this year by getting foes thinking
2: that, oh, okay, we got something, and realized, oh, he's worse than Trubisky. <laughs> so it was like, hold up. And, and that I, I will give the Bears credit; they were able, despite they were five and one, lost the sixth straight, was able to write the sh- the shit good enough to still sneak into the playoffs. So that is enough in itself. But you could have avoided all of this. This is the kid that slacked off in school, had the A, started messing around, dropped down to the D, and ended up with a B. If you had to deal with what you were supposed to do to begin with, you would have been fine. And and this goes back to what you were saying about drafting drafting the the right quarterback because I can see with Mahomes. There were some questions. We weren't sure about Patrick Mahomes. That's cool. But Deshaun was the guy. He was the guy. This was the guy. And how do you sit there and justify not only passing on the guy, but giving up draft capital to get this guy to get to Trubisky when nobody trusted this man? It was like, okay, we're the smartest person in the room. We see this. We oh, we we see something that nobody else sees. No, and you didn't (laughs) even.
1: I think what, what people don't understand is that Deshaun Watson, the only reason no one dubbed him to be the number one pick of that draft is because they knew Cleveland wasn't picking another quarterback at, at one. Like that that's the that was the only reason. Like I, he was the guy that everyone heralded coming out. I just I'll never there have been a lot of moments in NFL history that just really make you scratch your head. And that's definitely one of them that's up there for me because I just don't. I want to know what their thought process was <laughs> in that draft. Okay, Joe. Like when they compared, because you know they got to compare. You know, look, I just want to know what what did Mitchell Trubisky had that you saw that Deshaun Watson didn't have. the like, You Michael out here like jokes. <laughs>
0: He that's had to it. have
2: some incriminate evidence, because that's he the only way that. I
3: can it. Whatever Memphis Bleak got over Jay, that's what he got.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you over here, a, a-, a- Twister, you over
0: here sounding like Joe, baby. You singing, I, I want to know. <laughs> I, I, just, I do. I we just, all I do. Wanna, We've been wondering for right the last. I want to know that, something. I want to know something. Where does this put we, – we, we talk about Deshaun Watson and the career he, the, the career that he may lose staying in Houston and telling him to jump ship. We talk about that. But what I've been missing in these conversations is what does it do for the defensive guy that's been there? Like, I love Deshaun Watson, but I feel like Houston has just trashed J.J. Watts, whole prime what he could have had, what he couldn't have had. Where does this put Khalil Mack? Because a couple of years ago, it looked like a good decision. Where does this put Khalil Mack in this? Good
2: question. That's a great question because – and this – I've always wondered because in, in key moments, Mack disappears. And, and this is – I think – So does he, he
0: really care anymore?
2: I think he still does because, I mean, as a professional, you have to if you're going to be at the top, especially playing football because you can risk injuries. Anytime you step on that field, you can – Cripple yourself, but it's just that I think I get what you're saying with the the fire. It's like, come on, nah! It's it's every we we've all played sports. We've all played pickup where you see that one guy on your team that's taking ill advised shots. All four of the other players teammates are busting their butt trying to play hard, and here come this guy. Every time he get the ball, it's a turnover. He's jacking up ill advised shots. You like for real? So it it, it yeah. kills the. the the the, everything in that team and i think that's what's happening with that bears defense but you have to fight through and you have to i think it's just the hope that you that one day they get it right and in that moment they do get it right i have to be ready because i don't want it to turn on me where i'm not ready to perform so say for whatever reason they find a miracle and they make this trade to get deshaun watson That defense has to be ready to step up next year because now the excuse is going to become flip side if the Bears don't do it. Because, like, oh, the excuse used to be they didn't have a quarterback. Now they got a quarterback. Why can't they win? And that microscope is going to get a lot more fixated on Mac, on that defense, if they don't get it done like they're supposed to.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard. Quinn and I used to talk about uh, Joey Harrington and the lions mm. and why joy Harrington uh, led the league in the least amount of sacks one year Go right. or it in. Yep. Uh, and it's because he just threw the ball away. He, he didn't trust the guys around him. Mm-hmm. So his effort changed and he probably didn't notice it as he was playing it. He's avoiding getting hit, trying not to get hurt, hoping that, you know, everybody else would step their game around. And it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you don't trust the guys around you and that's on both sides of the ball, it affects because either you're going to try to do too much or you're going to stop yourself from stop doing too much because you can put your career at risk or your health at risk by doing too much. So I think they're in that situation. Like, the defense is carrying this team. Dude, we got nine points and only got it because we scored on the last play of the game. Like, yep. what, else do, what else can we do? I mean, we held New Orleans to 21 points. You know, what, what the, more do you want from me on the road? What else could we do? And and that's the situation is that if they don't make some changes quickly, you're gonna have a lot of disgruntled folks because you know, I don't know the contract situation of other people. You know, Mac is locked in, you know, but I don't know what these other guys because you got other guys who are key who are key Smith, you got other guys that are key players, and if you lose part of that, you saw we talked about it in Seattle. If you start losing those pieces, you have changed the infrastructure of your defense, and now you just got guys out there trying to search for identity. Yeah.
0: Speaking of an identity, this, these ain't the same Browns, and those ain't the same Pittsburgh Steelers you saw in the middle of the beginning of the season either. Woo, this was a good, this was something. These aren't the same old Browns. 1995 is a long time to go without a playoff win, y'all. It's over. And the first one on the road since 1969. Let me go back. I got an honorable mention in that Saints um, Bears game. Someone that played one hell of a game. Him and his crew, and it was done so eloquently. Shout out to SpongeBob SquarePants. That was one hell of a. That was, that was fun.
2: It was. was. I, I actually watched most of the games. You were born in the eighties,
0: raised yeah. in the nineties. That was your game. I-
1: I, I did not like enjoy Sponge it. Bob. I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it.
0: I wanted them a little bit more during that Travis Scott performance in the Super Bowl. I was like, damn, was SpongeBob at?
1: The <laughs> only thing they were missing was the halftime performance. That's it. Yep. Just if you played, that was the only thing. If they did that, flawless. 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 Oh,
0: shout out to SpongeBob. Shout out to, my, shout out to the squirrel. She only, leave it up to the chick to only know. What football was Because the fellas didn't know <laughs> Right on <laughs> Anyways, like I was saying These ain't the same old Browns, man 1995 is a long time ago Without a playoff win And the first on the road since 1969 We was in the Civil Rights Movement Damn Anyways, the Browns beat the Steelers 48-37 to 37. Baker Mayfield, 21-34 of 34. 263 yards He threw three touchdowns Nick Chubb, 18 attempts, 76 yards Jarvis Landry, eight targets, five receptions, 92 yards, one touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger, 47 to 68, 501 yards, four touchdowns. He threw four of them things. Juju Smith Schuster, Juju on that beat. Juju on that beat. You can't Juju on nothing no more. There ain't no beat. (laughs) 19 targets, 13 receptions, 157 yards, one touchdown. Corvette,
1: Corvette. So I'm, okay, I'm joking. <laughs> here's the here's the thing for me with the Steelers. Uh, well, first I'm gonna say this about the Browns first because it'll be quicker. I'm so happy for the Browns. I I had tweeted this the other day. I don't believe a franchise should be so horrible for so long. I just I feel like it's not good for the game overall. I feel like every I I saw I, I you. I, I just I guess. <laughs> hey, look, I'm rooting for y'all, man. I am. I'm rooting for y'all to have successful day. Uh, I just don't I feel like it should. I'm not saying that it doesn't. I feel like it should not happen. So y'all going to get your day. If the Cleveland Browns can get their day, then Detroit going to get theirs. It's it's coming. But change going to come. Uh, anyway, I, I feel like um I feel I, I never like to see teams that are just perpetually bad. So I'm I'm glad for Cleveland. Happy for the Browns. I'm happy for Baker because it seemed like he really matured from last year. So I'm very happy for Baker. I think he understands who he is. Uh, shout out to Stefanski because he understands who Baker is and allows him to play within himself um, and have the team work. Um. So that's how I would to say about the Browns. Now with the Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger needs to retire. I understand that he wants to play for another year. Hang it up, Ben. I don't <laughs> – just as, I, just as I said, I, I like to see teams eventually get over and do well. What I don't like to see are all-time great players play way beyond themselves and now look trashy. I, I, I hate to see it. it. It broke my heart watching Brett Favre do it, it, it and it, it's breaking my heart watching Ben Roethlisberger do it. I just, just understand where your body is. Understand where your body is and what it's doing – and just call it, man. And It's okay, because some people are saying, "Well, he threw for five hundred yards." Yeah, it was garbage time. When you right. they were down twenty-eight, nothing at one point. What did you What did you want them to do? You know, and they, and they ain't got no running game. So what? So where else were the yards going to come from? You know. So I just and, and and the thing about the Steelers, I think what people, I think what they didn't understand for themselves, is that that eleven and zero record made them feel like they were this juggernaut and they weren't like everyone was everyone kept saying this is the most flawed 11-0 team they've ever seen it was, it was just like you see there's issues but they're just getting by and I think those young players are kind of riding the coattails of Steelers past because they're like oh we're Steelers football blah, 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 blah. y'all are not the Pittsburgh Steelers of the 2000s y'all definitely not the Pittsburgh Steelers of the, the 70s you know what I'm saying like, like you you are not those guys. Those guys, they didn't say anything. All their chirping was on the football field. They came, they popped you in the mouth, and then they rolled out. Like, y'all are not them. And I think this was a humbling moment that I hope sticks with them because I feel like Mike Tomlin had the right idea, but I don't think it was being conveyed to them young guys. That whole Corvette, Corvette, all that foolishness, that's not, that's not Steelers. That's just right. – it's not yeah. – it's not the steeler of football we all know. And I think this was a big case of humble pie. I don't know what they're going to do with Juju because I think he's up for a contract. Isn't he? You yep. still got to pay TJ. You know, you, I mean, they're, they're, they're in some trouble next year financially, because if, if they decide to bring back Ben, That's you're 41. talking about $41 million dollars. For a 39-year-old QB that is struggling, I mean, they're going to be – there. there's some tough decisions civics are going to make this offseason. season. So
3: it may be uh, – just real quick. So, it may be with – I mean, because the one main thing that stuck out from the game for me is post-game, being on the bench, boo-hooing. 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 So, I'm like – first, I'm like, oh, it's, it's over. It's over, Ben. But then I'm looking at certain things. There's certain things you had injuries to the to the offensive line. You also had some major injuries on the defense, which we know. Green, make, Devin you, Bush. Uh, you have Devin Bush. So you look at that piece. You look at Ben's contract. You can do some restructuring in that that allows to give you some freedom. That motivation that Ben Ben's not going to retire. Uh, and I'm going to say this only because he he can't let that be the last memory of with Stiller fans. Mm-hmm. In there, and I and I and I think with everything that he's done for that franchise, that they will give him that opportunity, whether deserved or not. Where he is now, that he would do that. Now, mind you, you fix those holes. You, you get healthy on the offensive line. People come back at the same level they were on defense. They're a different team because once they got to 11-0 and they start stumbling, if you start looking at the lines for those games out of those five last five six games, they were probably favored at one. Yeah. You know, you were looking at the team at the games like, yeah, they're going to lose this one. They're going to lose against Tennessee. They're going to lose against Cleveland. You know, they were favored to lose, but it was because of how they were playing. If you can't play stiller ball like they know it with the smash mouth and then play action and then big plays, then you're not playing stiller football. And they couldn't do that because they couldn't protect Big Ben. Big Ben is out there being the Statue of Liberty in that pocket and no longer stiff-arming folks. He's over there getting blasted. Mm-hmm. It's just – they could just pull it up for one more run. What you say? You don't like to see players play beyond their prime. I don't like to see dynasties go beyond their prime. And it, what's embedded in my head, and Quinn can occur. Concur is the dang old Detroit Pistons, the ones that went to the six times in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, and Joe just kept retreading and bringing folks in and in and in, and could have ended it, restarted it, and shuffled back and been back in the Eastern Conference Finals by that time, if he would mm-hmm. have just said, "All right, let's go ahead and do this." So, Pittsburgh has some things to do, but Pittsburgh, you know, tend, things tend to work out for them uh, somehow, some way. They're not going to stay down long. Uh, they do need to invest in future quarterback, whether it's in the draft or find somebody to come over. They need somebody because...
1: Um, Mason Rudolph ain't it.
3: Ru- yeah, Rudolph is not it.
0: Not it. Well, Amen. we can honestly say that Pittsburgh doesn't take a page out of Green Bay's book and get their quarterback before the quarterback's gone. Maybe you should start doing that. Um. Anyways, get him um,
1: started on that.
0: Quinn. <laughs> Qu- they didn't get anybody to help you, the bad man, but anyway, and he still got him to the divisional round. Anyways, okay. Quinn, I got a question for you. We always got to bring it back to us and our faces, and you guys can piggyback after him. We always got to bring it back. A year ago, before all of this, this 11-0 season, this season that came out of nowhere, before this happened, we were calling for Mike Tomlin's job. Who knew that he was dealing with so much under that steel curtain? you seen the antics of Antonio Brown, and we figured out who the hell he was after he left. Then Le'Veon Bell and what he wanted and, and, and everything that was going on under there. But keeping ben, ben Roethlisberger happy. Then you're talking about Juju. There and he still managed Connor and putting and putting that in, he still managed to get that team somewhere. If Lamar Jackson and, and, and John Harbaugh, who I, I honestly think, and I'm nothing against John Harbaugh and his coaching, I think he's done tremendous for the Ravens, but I do think Lamar Jackson saved his job. But I think that if that does not happen, there's no way in my eyes, Mike Tomlin was coach of the year. If you, if you look at all, he is a leader of men. If you think of everything that happened that year that nobody knew about, and then it finally came out and you were like, all this was going on in the house and nobody knew about it. And y'all walked outside like Beyonce in that elevator and still play football. That's what's up. They always (laughs) call him for Mike Tomlin's job. Mike Tomlin, the most, not the most consistent coach. Not only is he the most consistent and winning coach in the NFL, it does not matter about the color of his skin. He's wins, and he does it well, and he manages men well. Will they call for it again after this season? And how much more will they call for it? Where does that put him?
2: It's always going to be haters because they want – the expectations of teams are always going to be over the top when you're dealing with fanatics, a.k.a. fans. But when you really break it down, everything that you mentioned, as far as him dealing with the things behind the scenes – and being able to keep that team together, especially that defense together with duct tape and super glue, considering all the pieces that they lost due to injuries, you have to give this man his credit and his just due. And only it's only becoming an issue as far as his stature as a coach because he's black. If this would have mm-hmm. been Bill Coward in the same circumstance in the same situation, no questions. Mm-hmm. They had still okay, be back and and, and people have to recognize that the Steelers organization the Rooney family they are one of the they give their coaches long ropes to hang themselves Mm -hmm. it's like they have three coaches in the past 50 60 years and that shows the level of continuity that they have and the trust that they have with the people that they hire so I don't care what the fans have to say what the oh this guy has earned his keep and earns the right to be able to kind of decide when it's time for him to step away because he's dealt he's dealt with what he's dealt with and he's created a a new legacy in Pittsburgh under his name. Everybody thought, okay, this wasn't going to continue. This is this can't continue to be Pittsburgh who it is. Now they have to realize, and and the, the powers that be have to make their the. the The tough decisions, like Al said, as far as restructuring the Ben's contract, if they're going to re-sign Juju and and get younger at certain positions, because they have the pieces, but it's not – that door doesn't stay open long. That window doesn't stay open long. So they have to – okay, if we're going to stick with being one more year, we got to go all in. we got to push all the chips into the center of the table and go for it knowing that one or two years from now, there's a possibility we may be in that restructuring phase that's still better than 75% of the league, but it's not what the Pittsburgh Steelers are used to.
0: Anybody else have anything on this one?
1: Can't put it better than that.
0: Well, you have your weekend set for you. divisional round, 4.35 p.m., the Rams and the Pack, 8.15, Ravens and Bills, that's Saturday. 3.05, Browns and Chiefs, 6.40, Buccaneers and Saints. The game everybody is apparently talking about, and they, what's the odds that they get Sunday night football?
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's their bedtime, right? <laughs> <laughs> <I-A-R-P-B-B>. <laughs> but is- I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I'm I'm excited to see it because more more times than not, when you see a team three times you you, you kind of have a fix on it. Like, you you kind of know what you're going to do. And then for the – like, if you got beat, like how the Buccaneers have been beat twice by them. Like, beat. You know what I'm saying? I feel like <laughs> – yeah. I feel, <laughs> I feel like they'll – you know, Bucks might surprise them with something different because I, I honestly feel like some of the Saints players will probably feel like, well, we, we stomped these guys already. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So don't be surprised. But, you know, they come up with some stuff – and Antonio Brown is looking like a B. Yep. He's starting to come along, so that's going to be a huge factor.
0: Only one that can keep Tom—only Bra- one that can keep a- a- Antonio Brown in the same mind as Tom Brady, because he ain't with that mess. Calm down, oh. Al. If they lose, does Tom Brady say bye bye?
3: No way. Listen, this is the 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 kind of the pilot because they're going to be better next year. Like, they're, they, they're going to recognize it, where they are, what they're doing. They're going to have a full off season Arians are going to be in the lab with a pen in the pad, doing all types of craziness. Okay, and, Eminem. And gonna, <laughs> no, Dr. Right, Drake. <laughs> right, they're going to they're, they're gonna protect Tom, and you're going to see some craziness next year. You're going to see a trending, beginning of the season, in Kansas City, Tampa Bay. If it doesn't happen this year, that, that's going to be the, all the talk because Tampa Bay is going to be that much better. Yeah. I, I just uh, – they they, they they are figuring it out right now because they got a little time. Keep time healthy. As long as there's no catastrophic injuries, you're good. Defense is going to get better. Um, the offense is going to get more continuity. And, and, you know, Arians is getting used to them. You know, they had the little riffs early on, you know, him throwing shade on time and all that other stuff. They, they figured it out. And they're not the best, but all this is in the medulla oblongata. And if they lose it this year, that's going to be the motivating force of next year. And that's going to be the storyline sure. of all next year in
0: the NFL. Quinn, divisional round, Saturday, Sunday, anything you got to add, anything you're looking forward to, where you going with it?
2: If I'm a Packers fan, I'm scared because of number 99. You got mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, and that guy just finds ways of changing games. Yeah. And Even with the ribs? I, he's a machine. That, that dude is mm. a monster. And I, I still think that defense is going to play a lot better than – they're going to follow up what they did against Seattle, the defense. Now, the offense may, may have to play with some smoke and mirrors depending on who's on the center – but I think that defense is going to be able to kind of get, if they can get to Aaron Rodgers, because that's the thing when you look back at that San Francisco game last year, they were able to get him off his, his spot and and, and fluster him and do all that stuff. And it's up the middle. You can account for a pass rushing in because you can chip, you can kind of do that. You can sidestep that and step up in the pocket. But if you can't, Any quarterback will tell you if you can't step up in the pocket, that's where the trouble begins. And long as you have Aaron Donald manning that that middle, he's always going to be a problem. He's always going to be an issue. And even if he's not 100%, he's still better than 90% of the players at that position, and they're going to have to account for him, which could open things up for other defenders to kind of maneuver and and, and get in on that side. It's just – it's – so it's going. To, the key to that game is L- the the Rams' defense and Green Bay's defense. They have to make some plays. They're going to have to make hmm. something happen to kind of force the hand and say, "Okay, this quarterback, whoever it is, isn't going to beat us." If that means a, a fumble, a turnover, interception early to set the tone, but I think that game is going to be a lot closer than everybody's expecting. My game mm. to look out for:
0: Bills Ravens. I know we all want to talk about Breeze Brady. Bill's Ravens is that game. game. So we'll see what makes it that game. Especially Unless anybody small. else has to add, This show is over. Tell them where they can find you guys. You wonderful menu.
3: <laughs> well, you can catch us uh, at sports underscore qa on Instagram and sportsqanda.com, dot com our website. And uh, at some point in time, we'll we'll be back on the airways. You know, we both doing a little. Thing Q is doing uh, some stuff on Twitch and video game stuff, and I'm about to uh, start a man cave podcast uh, with one of my guys. But I still got sports Q and A, and we locked and loaded. But that's where you can find Q. Tell them where they can find you on Twitch.
2: Everything is Sports Guy Q, and that's my Instagram, that's my Twitch handle. Um, Actually, what I'm I'm trying to work on is integrating sports Q and A into Twitch and seeing some things. So. Be on the lookout for that. Um, I play Call of Duty. I play Madden um, also. So if you're a video game head, come check me
1: out. Um, Call
0: you out, Tristan, baby.
1: <laughs> I, I see. I see. We're going we gonna to see. We're going to see. So just come, come find me. So I got you. <laughs> Tell me how that went.
0: I can't commentate it, but tell me I went. I'm calling y'all <laughs>
2: out, baby. Always a sideline instigators. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm right.
0: at it. You know me for how many years at it? I'm bad. Anyways, <laughs> anyways this was a great show. I'm going to tell you, yes. like I say it every week, I do not care if it does not rhyme. I'm Mikel, like Kevin Mikel, 108, Tristan.
1: 108.
0: Woo! See you next Congratulations.
1: week, baby. Peace. Appreciate it. Peace.